You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm just happy to, I don't know, I'm happy to be something, somewhere, somehow. You can't be happy. You can't be happy about any of this. I don't no, want to hear anything there's about nothing, happy. There's nothing there's to be no happy, happy about. Who am I kidding? <laughs> no happy. Well, I, I don't know. I, Louis Robert in the home run derby. That's going to be fun, right? Yeah, you know what? I think he could win. I do, too. I mean, he, he should def- he should definitely win the first round. He better not go down to Adley Rushman in the first round. I need, I need Louis Robert Jr., to at least advance a couple of rounds in this. Like, if he goes down right away, I'll be upset. Although, there's always that thing. There's always that thing about the home run derby that bothers me that some guys screw up their swing. I don't think he's going to screw up his swing, though. His biggest issue is not that he gets out of the wrong pattern with his swing and he's not always locked in with it. His biggest issue is judging pitches and waiting patiently for the ones he can hit because when he's diving for things out of the zone... That's when he goes on his slumps. Or if he's injured, that's why he goes on his slumps. I don't think you're going to screw up his swing. Well, and I don't care if he screws up his swing. What are they, they're not playing for anything in the second half of the season, let's face it, right? So if he comes out and he slumps after the, the home run derby because he's he's trying to lift the ball too much or he's in, he's in that mode and it takes him a while to get back around to it, that's not – what what's the harm? Like what, what are they going to – what are they going to lose? Uh, more games? I, it's it's just not really a, a, an issue. I think, actually, if you're a fan and you want one of your players in the home run derby, this is the type of year you want it where there's really no expectations for the second half. There's no pressure on the guy. I mean, if you're the Mets, you're probably worried about Pete Alonso a little bit because they still want to try and make a run. Uh, you know, the, the, the Blue Jays with Guerrero are probably looking to make a run. The Rangers definitely need Adolis Garcia to not screw up his his swing, right? But well, yeah, I mean, Lewis Rauer, go ahead, Lou Bob, have a fun time, right? Just go and and hit him hard, hit him far. You're in Seattle. It's probably going to be one of the most boring home run derbies because of that ballpark. So, <laughs> but yeah, but they're launching. It's batting practice. It's batting practice. It's batting practice. So I mean, like, it, I don't think the size of the field screws up the home run derby too much. I think some of the some of the weird rules, I mean you could actually see him lose on some stupid technicality. They don't they don't do the best job sometimes enforcing the idea that you can't throw a pitch until the other pitch that you just hit landed. Sometimes guys are cheating and it's not really, like they yeah, really in that rhythm and yeah, they're going. Yeah, this is this is an exhibition in the end. It, it, if it's close, it'll come down to who major league baseball thinks is more marketable. That's really like, I mean, like sometimes it slants and it's very obvious that it slants when you're out there. But I I, I do think that he's he's just got the kind of swing and the kind of attitude. And we watched him in the minor leagues when we all believed that all these guys were going to come up and be great. And he was the greatest footage that you would see from the minors when he was teeing off on guys who were just basically laying them across the plate. I think you're going to see some monster shots. It's going to be an absolute blast. Maybe you can watch that game over at Cork and Carey at the park or the, the location over in Beverly. The proud sponsors of Socks in the Basement, Cork and Carry at the Park, is at 33rd and Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark with an award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites. Two-for-one burgers when you dine in on Mondays. 
non-Sox home games with an extensive bar, rotation of craft beers, familiar favorites, spirits, and wines, your home base for White Sox pregame, postgame, and viewing parties. I'll be out there. Well, I was actually out there. By the time you listen to this on Saturday, I was already out there on Friday night pregaming, but I had to leave early because I'm going to the guaranteed rate stadium club with dad. Oh, nice. And this, oh, I'm pumped, Ed. And I'm, uh, listen, first of all, the way that this team is playing, the fact that there is no accountability, the fact that Kenny Williams still has a job today and Rick Hahn still has a job today and the brain trust and, and the, the folks that are sitting in there scouting and making the decisions that have been making poor decisions regarding this team now for decades Decades and multiple rebuilds and builds and tools and fixes and figments of our imagination. And the fact they're going to get a chance at the trade deadline to remake the team again is so maddening. And my goal and my father's goal, because we talked about it this week, it's a set price to go into that club on the 200 level right behind home plate with the big bar and everything else. And we've never been in there. And our goal is to drink the bar. They list on there and they talk about the fact that this is the top shelf stuff. And I'm going in and I'm going to order based upon price. I don't care what it is. If it's the most expensive bottle that's available in that club and it's on the house, I'm drinking Jerry's booze. Oh, yeah. My intention is to drink more of the bar and eat more of the food than the price of the ticket because I want that little victory of getting more out of Reinstorf than he gave me. That's what I want. I'm going there specifically on an empty stomach. After training my liver, I've been doing liver exercise. I keep moving my 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 body around. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm looking weird things up online. I've been I've been I've been I've been training all week up at the lake. Right, just drinking a little more each day, spreading out. And now I'm just kind of like I'm just ready to go. I took a day off yesterday to make sure that I was completely sober and ready. But the liver stretched out, and I'm going in there, and I'm drinking everything I can in there. I'm eating every piece of food that gets put in front of me I intend to put on 10 pounds okay and not even be able to function tomorrow and don't worry because I'm ubering there and back and I told my father that and he got so pumped up he's 70 some years old Ed I may kill him tonight but we're gonna die trying to to hurt Jerry that's how angry we are at this team so I hope the listeners much like me as you were saying that the Rocky theme came into their head (laughs) I'm going in I'm going in. Yeah. Yeah, this was a, this was a gift that he gave me for my birthday months ago, and you didn't know what it was going to be like this season. We're like, this will be fun. We'll be Cardinals on Friday night. Maybe they'll be in the race. No, nope. no, 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 no it's over. Completely Listen, disappointing season right. for St. Louis too. I don't care what Rick Hod says anymore. You shouldn't either. That guy is so full of it, and he just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. He's been sitting around waiting on the run that's never coming now for years. He's been sitting around telling you that they're just going to turn it around, everybody loves our talent, and it's all going to get better for years. It's not happening. He literally sat there and said, well, we could go on a run maybe on 10 to 14 games, and uh, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. It's got to happen quick, but there's still time for it. And then after, after it happens, a team that's that hot could do some real damage in October if they get hot now and make it into the postseason. Then they went out and got swept by the Blue Jays. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and a 14-game run, you're still under 500 as you and I are sitting here talking right now. You go on a 14-game winning streak, you're not even at 500, Rick. You're not there. Remember when they went into a hole at the beginning of the season and they said they're going to dig out of a hole? They dug in the wrong direction because they're worse today. 
than they are than they were when they fell apart and went on that 10-game losing streak. They're 15 under. They're at their lowest point as we're sitting here on Friday going into the weekend. Okay. Of the whole season. They, they didn't listen to my son's advice. My son's advice from playing Minecraft. Never dig straight down, guys. <laughs> That's what the White Sox <laughs> That's what did. you did. That's a new shirt. We should have that shirt up at SoxOfTheBasement.com as well. Oh, we yeah. Should, there you go. <laughs> we, I'll, I'll model that We've got the Accountability Zero shirt. We've got the Ask Me After the Parade shirt with the big giant red F on there. The quote from Rick Hahn. You know, th- those are shirts that are selling like hotcakes right now. That and the sell the team shirt. And there's plenty of other ones on there that we, we're we selling on other merchandise. And check it out at SoxAndBasement.com. But if there was ever a time to buy an angry shirt and and then just send it to Rick Hahn, like maybe we should send him a shirt. Can we send him a shirt? Can we get him a Why shirt? Not? Which one should we send him? I want to send him the one with this quote Oh, yeah, on okay. That makes sense. And then I want to send the accountability one to Kenny. Yes. Can we mail those to them? I want to mail them to him. I want, I want, I'm going to video it. I'm going to put it on social media with the address and their name on it and drop it into a mailbox. I'm going to do it. I'm done do you, at this what point. What do you think the size that they would need? Because I, I I can picture them from a frame standpoint, but I don't know how to get the collar of a crew neck t-shirt over their ego. Well, listen, listen. First of all, Rick Hahn looks tiny. That I, I, you know, He does, doesn't right. he? He's, he's, he's a slightly built Kenny's man, a big boy. All right. I think. Oh, yeah. Kenny, Kenny was a professional. Right. Athlete. Kenny's an XL, right? I, I, Kenny's got to be an excellent. Right, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we'll get Han an L because I don't want it to be too short for him, okay? No, too small. No, you, you don't. You're you're a general manager of a baseball team still inexplicably, but you're a general manager of a, of a baseball team. You shouldn't be bearing your midriff in public. No, no. But I mean, we'll we'll figure out some sizes. We'll send them to him. I'm sent. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I want these shirts sent to him. I want to insult them so much at this point, it, more than I can with this this huge podcast that I know they listen to it there, and and, and they probably have turned it off at this point because I'm constantly berating them. But I mean, like. I want to just continue the onslaught. I want them to be so sick of this place they just leave voluntarily because the old man's never going to get rid of them. That, that's that's what I want. They Everybody in there has to go. But I'm going to this thing tonight. I'm, I'm telling you. So are you hoping along those lines, since we're talking about pipe dreams, are you are you also hoping that uh, when you go into the Guaranteed Rate Club tonight, it's just going to be a bikini model team, you and your dad? No, no. That's that's not realistic. But maybe my, my long-term fantasy that, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf, God forbid, this is the night, right? Like he he has a he has a grabber and he happens to be around like the 200 club. And while he's laying there and everybody's tending to his poor old soul before it passes off into the afterlife, he just deliriously looks up to me and signs the team over to me. Like that's po- I'm close enough at the 200 level behind home plate for that to happen, right? No. Yeah, possibly. Okay. <laughs> Anything's possible. The bikini sure. team's probably more possible. The bikini team's possible too. Like you know. But here's the thing, like I'm looking forward to this thing and I I don't want this to sound like an advertisement for them, but I've been reading through this. So the buffet is all inclusive and they don't put on the website like how many hours before or after. My dad is called twice. He's very nervous that these cheapskates, because they're losing, are going to shorten the hours before and after because you get the open bar. The all-inclusive buffet is only good from the bottom of the second (laughs) inning to one out at the top of the third. He's confirmed three times with his ticket agent that the premium open bar is open for two hours beforehand and a half hour after or whatever it was or an hour. I don't remember what it was. I don't want to quote it here on this show. But he has called and asked about the bar specifically. The Lanuti boys, he, he walked up to me all week this week and just looked at me and kept going, 
Uber. Like, because he never rode an Uber in his life. He's very excited about this. I got to get <laughs> so, I got to get But, but he, he turned into Quint from, yeah. from Jaws. Yeah, that's what he does. He's talking just like Quint from Jaws. This is how he's preparing to go and drink Jerry's booze. He's, <laughs> he, that's what he's doing. And then he's, and then he's, he's very excited about the Uber. You're in the club. Booze is in the club. Jerry's in the club. Exactly. And he, he, he and he doesn't know how to use the Uber. So he's, he, he's like, you know how to do this, right? And I'm like, yeah, Dad, I know how to do this. You're sure you know how Dad, I know how to do this. This will be fine. You're going to need a bigger car. <laughs> Sox fans, this weekend, if you're out and it's a beautiful weekend and you're thinking to yourself, I want to update the uh, exterior windows, the doors, the patio doors, the storm doors in my home. If you're ready to do it right now or you just kind of want to take a look and see what it would entail. Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest is the place to go a half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280 159th Street. There's no high-pressure sales. They're not in your kitchen. They're in their showroom with you. Full examples, glass designs, on display, all the different doorknobs. You're not looking through pictures in a book. You're seeing everything in person. There's nobody in your home saying you got to take this offer because tomorrow it might change. Their owners are in showroom. They're on site. Uh, all their own installers that they pay. So they're not farming out the work. You're not going to have somebody shrugging at you if something goes wrong. And it's not going to go wrong. They've been doing it right for 40 years in Oak Forest since 1985. And all major brands are there, custom made with no stock items. That way you get a perfect fit. Half block east of 159th and Ridgeland, 6280, 159th Street, Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest. Learn more at windowdooroakforest.com. Are you ready to trade some people? Are you? Oh, absolutely. I'm always ready to trade people. Because <laughs> I'm ready to trade some people. And and I see all these, you know, now it's now it's time. Everybody's out this week. Everybody's talking about it. It's all conjecture, right? Because you could sit oh, around. Yeah. I, I mean, you get stuff like, like Bob Nightingale saying that there's six players that he's identified on the White Sox that aren't going to be there. He'd be surprised if they're there after August 1st. I could do that, too. I could pick six random guys that I'd be surprised if they're there as well. <laughs> yeah. However, not all of them are going to get traded for anything useful. Some of them just need to go. Right. Well, that's the thing. And the other, the, here's the thing. You could say that you're going to trade people. You could sit there and say that the White Sox want to trade somebody. You could have some kind of inside information that they're going to trade somebody. But deep down in the end, nobody knows. I mean, Bob doesn't know anything. How many times has he said something that you're like, you laugh later, like, well, that didn't happen. Yeah, right? That was he, wrong. He knows yeah. what he gets from the high end of, of the White Sox organization either from Kenny or, or Jerry, is what I, my assumption well, I think most people and, believe. And any conjecture in the media is one thing, because some guys are just out there sitting there saying, this would make sense. If I were Rick Hahn, this is what I would do, and this would this would make sense. And it's kind of clickbait, right? The other thing, too, is, is that I, I think with this team in particular, with the White Sox in particular, you have to keep in mind that there's no guarantee, even if they absolutely want to do something, that they're going to pull it off because it's something where – you know, the other GMs know Rick is probably on the hot seat, or at least he, he should be, you know, if, if if he were with their organization. They also know he's not good at this. And, and he, they know, for example, that the White Sox, the, the six players that Nightingale identified, if they traded all six players, they won't be able to field a Major League Baseball team. So <laughs> it's not really realistic that all of those guys are going to go for prospects, first of all. So they know that he's got to take back some major league talent, and you're you're not going to get an equivalency there, right? I mean, if, if you're Arizona and you're sitting there going, I would love to have Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito 
for the home stretch to try and take this NL West division, surprisingly take this division away from the Dodgers, they're not going to sit there and say, here, take our top pitching prospect, Brandon Fatt. They're, they're going to offer up one of their lesser guys. They're going to offer Jose Ruiz back to the White Sox is what they're going to do for, for those guys, right? So th- there's a lot of stuff going on there where Rick might have the intention of sitting there saying, I'm going to trade Lucas Giolito because we don't really think we're going to be able to resign him, or as a free agent, we can make him an offer. We don't have to keep him in-house at this point. But everybody knows what you're doing, for one thing. And two, if he trades him away and takes two or three guys who are an A-ball and and are five years away from being major league contributors, and then he trades Lance Lynn and gets another couple of guys that are in, in the low minors or are not major league ready, He's got to still come up with two guys to fill the rotation. And when Mike Clevenger went on the IL, he wasn't able to really do that because Jesse Schultons is basically a, a, an opener for a bullpen day. And you can't do that three times in a week because you just don't have enough roster spots for it. So it, it, there's a lot there that I would love to trade the, the, some guys. So let, let's let's trade. I, like, who who do you want off the team? Well, first off, who, who's going? First of all, this deep dive into who we would want to keep. And who we'd be willing to let go of is brought to you by the village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the village of Lamont, shop, dine, drink, explore, and see everything they have going on this weekend and beyond at lamontdowntown.com. What I would do, let, how about this? What Instead of saying what I would do, let's just go through the players and the pitchers. And I just want, let's just try to rapid fire through this. Would you keep them? Do you think they're tradable? Would you like? Do you want to hold on to them? Would it upset you? You know, let's just kind of go through this here and figure this out. And we'll 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 start right. We'll start with the we'll start with the players. Yasmani Grandal, his contract is up after this year. Would you deal him? Would you be happy with him going? Would you retain him? Uh, I'd be okay with him going. I, I would also be okay with him staying, honestly. That was a big I, pause. That's a big pause for rapid fire. All I got to do is just sit there and say, go. I'm fine. It's I'm done. Okay? He, I, why would I want an aging catcher? Why do I want another aging catcher that's going to sit around who who basically frustrated me for a long time and now in a contract year is doing a little bit below average in terms of his comparison of OPS to the rest of the league? He's not doing anything that's spectacular, and this is him trying to make sure he's got he's getting paid next year. This is the best right here. This is his ceiling. He doesn't get any better than this in All his right, career. Go. So it, gone. I know you don't have anything else, but I'm moving on. Go. Gone. If they if they deal him, they deal him. Andrew Vaughn. I'd keep him. I would keep him too. I can't believe that there's White Sox fans who are like, he's, he's, he sucks, get him out of here. Like, he's not that great. I understand that. But he's a capable ball player that you have a lot of control over, and you got way too many holes in the move on from him. If you're dealing him, Ed, you got to get something back that you know is going to be a greater value in the long term. Also, who wants him at this point? He's not He's not going to improve a contender. No, nobody wants so him. So keep Elvis him. Andrews, fire him into the sun? Fire him into the sun. I don't even know why he's on the team anymore. At this point, why are, why are you even playing him? Get one of these guys down there in the minors that you, want to, that you want to see what they can be. Give them the second half of the season. Not a guy whose career is over. Tim Anderson. Trade him. I would trade him too. I don't know if anybody's taking him. Every time I see a proposal where it's like, well, you know, if he gets a change of scenery, maybe he gets better. Yeah, I don't know. He might also be hurt. Who's going to risk? Who's going to give you anything for him? But I mean, if they moved him, I'm not I'm not hurt anymore, right? After the last calendar year. It's a premium position. He needs a guy with potential. Somebody might take a flyer on him and give you something good in return. So. All right. Yoan Moncada. Impossible to trade, but I would trade him for a bag of beans. Yeah. Trade him, but you can't. 
<laughs> I know. You know what he's going to make next year? If you take the $5 million that he's gotten a buyout in the following year, which you're going to enact because you, you have to buy him out. You have to. You have to buy him out two years from now. You have to buy him out rather than pay him $25 million. So he's getting that $5 million on top of just under $25 million next year. The guy's going to make a hair over $29 million next year to be a below-average baseball player. This is why Rick Hahn shouldn't be here. If, if, if you gave me magic beans and I knew that I was going to be the laughing stock amongst the villagers, I would take it just to get rid of him and move on and free up the salary at this point. But nobody's going to take it. And, and just, just to be clear, when you're saying magic beans, you mean that it's like a hard candy that the Orlando Magic sell at their games, right? You just want a bag of those. No, no. The ones with the, the beanstalk and the giant. Oh. Well, yeah, I'd take that. I'd take that for just about anybody on the <laughs> roster. I mean, that's cool. Jake Berger. Keep him. I would keep him, but he's got to get better. I, I, we, got a, we got a listener uh, uh, message the other day. Where this guy was really angry, I was talking about Jake Berger as an All Star, and I had to I had to reach out to him like, yeah, you're listening to a show from two weeks ago. He has been when bad he was lately. when he was playing really really well and was like third in, in the AL and home right, runs, right, and was hitting 250. Then he was an All Star. After that big old slump, yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> but you know what? He's an, he's like he's like Vaughn in my mind. He's this is his rookie year, frankly, and he he's got a chance to to go back up a little bit here and, and correct some things. I think he'll be fine. I think he will. I think he's going to ebb and flow because in reality, it's his rookie season. It's his first real season playing every day, and I'd like to see him continue out there. For the same reason that Elvis Andros is not my future, no matter what you're paying you on Mankata, he's not your long-term future. And we've talked about Elvis it before. Elvis Andros is, is nobody's future, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I, 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 I personally, as a fan, would rather see Jake Berger stay in a third base more than I see Yoan Mankata if both of them are healthy and on this team. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, I, that's a big contract uh, for the White Sox, not a big contract for the rest of Major League Baseball. I don't think anybody's grabbing a guy who's at the beginning of his five-year deal, and I don't think the White Sox are trading him. What would your reaction be if all of a sudden he was a surprise deal? Honestly, I'd keep him anyway. Yeah, I would too. I'm not even going to say Lewis Robert Jr. because if you, if you trade him, I quit. No, no. I quit. He, he, I, I'm he done. stays. I, I'm literally moving to Pittsburgh, and I'm going to make bucks in the basement bigger on the network, and I, I give up on this show if they get rid of Lewis Robert Jr. I'm done. I just walk it hey, away. I, I'll, I'll move to the Queen City, and, and we'll do Reds in the basement. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, we're, Cincinnati. We're Cincinnati is a team on the rise here. I, we I, can, I can get by. Yeah, that. I could be an Ellie De La Cruz fan. I mean, like if they got yeah, rid absolutely. of Lewis Robert Jr., that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a glut of White Sox podcasts. There will be very few, if any, if Luis Robert Jr. walks out the door. That would be. Well, that will be <laughs> something for us then, I guess, if we're still here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Gavin Sheets. I, gone. Go trade him. Yeah, I have no. I, I If you can get something for him, deal him. Because he's nothing but a bench player in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Aloy Jimenez. This is a big one. Um, I'm not upset if he moves. If it's for the right deal. I just know this front office isn't smart enough to make the right deal. See, that's the problem. No, we, they're not going to get the right we deal. We talk about this, and we, we we do. We sit there, and we talk about this. And in the end, I know that whatever they trade away will bring back very little. And if they bring back somebody with potential, the person will toil in the minors and probably not get developed. I mean, did you see re- recently that Blake Rutherford, remember that guy? He's actually doing very well yeah. this year in AAA because he's in a different system. Like, it's finally coming together for him. In, in Washington Because system. he actually has talent, but they don't develop players in the White Sox but They don't system. develop players. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, you're going to move on from a guy like Aloy. What are you going to replace him with? That I think I'd be upset if he moved on, unless they blew my mind. I'd prefer to keep him, yeah. but 
it, for the right package. Yeah, okay. But I, I'd rather he was here. Just because of the injuries. Here's the thing. He's hitting 274, Red. He's hitting 274. He's one of your only guys that can hit home runs on this team. And you know, he's got a high OPS in the 800s at this moment. And he he's he's a guy who, if he's healthy, can be a real asset to your team. With all the injuries, that's the only reason I would sit there and say, but it would have to be a great deal. And I don't think you're going to get that. It'd have to be an amazing deal. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to be bringing back ready-made building blocks for this team. I like guys that are established in other systems that we don't need to worry about developing them anymore because they are already right. fully formed. And, and I'll throw in Oscar Colas, even though he's young. I don't think anybody's knocking on the door for that kid, though. Right? Nah, I keep him. It's too early. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Okay, so let's look at the pitching staff. Lucas Giolito. I'd rather they resign him. I, I'd rather he was here. I'd rather, yeah. they, I'd rather they just be a big boy team and hold on to one of your pitchers. You know, I was thinking about Lucas the other day, and you know what Lucas feels like to me? I don't know if Lucas Giolito will ever be an ace, right? Like DeGrom in his prime or or Max Scherzer in his prime or Clayton Kershaw when you couldn't get him or go back a little bit like, you know, with uh, Pedro Martinez. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy, right? And I don't know if you necessarily need that guy to win a championship because you look at what we got in 2005, we didn't really have that guy. We had a John Garland on his best season ever. We had a we had a professional pitcher in Freddie Garcia who was really good in big games. You had Mark Burley, who I think is a Hall of Famer, even though he'll always be overlooked. And and, and you had uh, you had Jose Contreras on probably the best run of his career at the exact right time. At any given time, they were spectacular, and that's what he could be. He can get on runs like that. So he's definitely a guy at the top end of a rotation that you want to keep around because it's hard to find those guys, and I think he's got a lot left in his career, and he's worth the investment. Is he going to have a bad year every once in a while? Yeah, he could have a bad year every once in a while. But the last one was explained by the lockout and the fact that he wasn't around the trainers and he did something stupid in terms of building up himself in a way that actually harmed him. If you take that out... I'm with this guy being on my team. I can't believe that they continue to talk about well, just him. the fact that they're not even trying to resign him. That's what has me bothered by it. Now, if you are really going to make zero attempt to give this guy an extension, then at this point, go ahead and deal him for whatever you can get back to try and build up for next year. And, and, and I, I, I hate it. I hate that idea of trading this guy because again, he is, Freddie Garcia is probably of that that group that won the World Series, the guy that I would tie Giolito in with the most. 
in terms of being a guy that is going to give you professional starts every single time, has the talent to go out and have some dominating games, and you hope he shows up when he needs to in, the, in that situation. You hope he's got that, that thing that Freddie had where he was great in the big games. But that, to me, is is something you need. I mean, Freddie Garcia was a glue guy there, right? I mean, he was a guy that you counted on, and Lucas Giolito is that for the White Sox staff, too. I I would love for him to stay. Uh, at the same time, if you're not going to, if you're not even going to try, if you've just given up that you're never giving this guy the money that he's owed, which means you're never giving any pitcher any money, by the way, that they're owed, then yeah, you're going to have to, you have to deal him, but you have got to replace him in the rotation with whatever comes back in that deal. And I mean like immediate replacement. Somebody's got to step in, put on the jersey and take his spot in the rotation. You know, whatever his next start was going to be after the trade. The next guy is the most intriguing player in my mind on this team at the trade deadline, because I have a lot of thoughts about Lance Lynn. I mean, I just heard a quote from him after his last start where he's basically saying this is the best stuff and the best movement I've ever had. And there's reasons for him to say that. One, he needs to be positive. He had a really bad start to the season. He did. Two, he's got a 1.076 whip over his last uh, last month. Where he, Yeah, he went one and two with a 440 ERA. But over those 30 and two-thirds innings, he kept guys off base. And he's looked very, very good and very effective. And if you had gotten it all year, I'd be sitting there saying, well, you're picking up the option next year and you're going forward because that guy's good. The problem is he makes me nervous because of his age, because of his knees, because of the fact that it's an up and down season again with him. And if he's hot right now, I think I'd move him. I get that he's saying he's got great stuff because one, he probably would like to get moved to a contending team and continue this streak and make more money than what he would get from his option next year, which I believe is $18 million. Maybe he feels like I can get that, but I can get that for a couple of years, okay? Or somebody will at least pick that up because I'm really good for them. And so he's an interesting trade piece. On the other hand, he also wants to make sure he gets that option picked up right now. So it's basically like, ah, forget all that other stuff. Forget the track record. Forget the up and down over the last year or so. Okay, don't worry. I'm back, and I'm I'm a, I'm a sure thing. And that's, I think, what he's saying. He's confident, but he's also saying that. He wants people to know it. I don't know if I believe it. If I had a competent general manager, I'd be like, deal him. He's really valuable, especially with that option year to a contending team where they could make the you know. And then, you know, you, you could go spend that money in free agency and you might get some really nice pieces back. The problem is our general manager and our scouting staff just goes on MLBpipeline.com and looks at the top 10 prospects page and they just pick something. And, you don't, and, and then they don't develop it down the line. And so I don't know, you might get back something really good for him and it may never pan out. See, and for me, if I'm dealing Lance Lynn, one, I'm taking advantage of the fact that he's hot right now and that people seem to think that he's back. And I'm going after, but I'm going after a team like Arizona, where they're trying to sort out the back end of the rotation with potentially useful major league pieces. Okay, where Lynn would be an upgrade over one of them, and I'm trying to I'm trying to wrestle a team like that where I'm, they're sitting there saying, "Look, we would rather have some level of certainty or some veteran leadership at the back end of our rotation for this run than." to rely on young guys that are still trying to figure it out. Okay, the Astros are kind of falling into that as well, where they're sort of rotating through some guys at the back end of their rotation. So I'm looking for that, but I'm looking for them to sit there and say, okay, take this guy that's under team control for the next couple of years 
and who's already major league ready and has already shown that he can pitch at the major league level to a certain degree, even if it's not getting back somebody ace quality, I'm looking for Lance Lynn to be dealt for, say, my next fourth starter and maybe a, you know a, a useful position player who is triple a or double a but looks like they are basically fully formed and are just coming up and maybe has some limitation that doesn't need you know the the other team doesn't need and i'm doing that now like i want to walk out of the all-star break with lance lynn in another uniform like that take advantage he just had a really good start take advantage of it yeah heck call toronto ask him hey did you like what you saw did you did you like it yeah now is the time okay Toronto, Toronto should be knocking right there. They should have been trying to get him to go back on the plane. That's what him. I mean. And, and and the White Sox should have been sitting there listening to it because you're going to have to be proactive here. Look, I'll, I'll run down the rest of them because we're running out of time. Uh, I, I, any disagreement with me saying, don't deal Dylan Cease or I'm going to be almost as angry as I would be if you dealt Louis Robert Jr. I wouldn't move Michael Kopech because of the control and the fact that overall he's at least a, a viable pitcher on your staff. You'd have to really blow me away, and I don't think that this front office is capable. Michael Kopech is John Garland in, right. in, in terms I, I, of the 2005 scenario. You keep Kopech because you don't have anybody else, so right. you've got to keep Cease and Kopech. But I would deal Clevenger if somebody would take him and anybody. Anybody all the way through to Liam Hendricks if you got the right deal out of the bullpen. Oh yeah, there's nobody in the bullpen that's safe. I, I don't I don't care. I, 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 take them all. Yeah. Take the they, take the whole bullpen, lot of them. Just, just blow the whole thing up and start yeah. over. I don't so. care. Now here's the big problem. You could talk about all those guys you could move, right? But you made a really good point at the beginning. One, if you trade everybody. You're basically the Pirates last year where they were just calling him a mishmash of what the heck is this out here or whatever. They were. <laughs> I'm like, what is Legitimately what is causing that, right? like labor strife between the, the, the players right. union and the ownership because you're, of that. You're going to have to go out in the free agency and spend money to fix an awful lot of problems. And, and again, you would need a capable front office. This is why the change should have been made a month ago or at least make it today because a capable front office would at least be able to do something with the pieces we're describing that would get them on the right track and know what to do because the second point is you could trade these guys but what are these guys who are in charge going to get back what is Rick Hahn really going to accomplish with his trade what is Kenny Williams really going to accomplish in the front office what have they done to make you think that after they do move a player that that prospect does not have a flaw that they won't be able to fix because that's what I'll expect when it comes back like, right? They're going to give me a name. I'll be like, oh, man, that guy is not as good as everybody else thought he was because we got fleeced. Like, I don't want to see anything like I think the White Sox won the trade. <laughs> don't, you can't be that confident. If the trade was made by these guys, it's just basically cross your fingers, cross your toes, you know, carry a lucky rabbit's foot and pray an awful lot that it actually was the right move. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.